Hello, FPL managers. This is the 20th episode of the FPL Optimized podcast. So it's another milestone for us. Time for a little bit of celebration with reaching episode number 20. Thanks for tuning in again. We're still having fun recording this podcast and we appreciate all the feedback and engagement we keep getting. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sirtop, the data scientist. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. We've seen some big scores from many managers last weekend, and for a big part, that was thanks to Haaland's contribution. And if you didn't captain him, though, which was the case for both of us, unfortunately, <laughs> then it was difficult to keep up with the field. Sirtop, you said in previous episodes that you never get too upset about a bad score as you're just following, let's say, what the data tells you to do. Uh, you know, you're following it from a data and analytics perspective. But how do you look back at last week with the same neutral feeling or is there maybe some regret this time? Okay, Bas, I see you're asking the hard questions at the beginning of the episode. Okay, it yeah. will be a violent episode, it seems. Oh. <laughs> to be honest, I feel regret, but the funny thing is I really don't know what I'm regretting about, which hmm. is weird. I mean, I spent time on my wild cards. And at the same time, I'm not regretting that I followed the data or the prediction uh, model. But my regret is probably about if I spent more time, could I have avoided this phase? If you spend too much time on your wildcard and then it's a disaster, you feel really bad. But I really don't know what I could have changed. So maybe cancel all. Like I really didn't want to buy him but I, I i keep asking other people about their opinion and they were like oh cancel is a bonus magnet you should have him which changed my direction a little bit so yes some of my regret is not about you know following the data or the prediction model it's maybe the opposite like i tried to micromanage some aspects of my team and then when things didn't go right yeah but i'm trying to keep my moral high because as people say, wildcard team is not for a single game week, right? So, yeah, how about you? How was your game week? Yeah, it's similar. I think, you know, the issue, it's not about the team. It was just about uh, batting, let's say, on, on the wrong captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went for KDB. I, I, I knew I was taking a risk. In a way, KDB delivered. He had two assists. He had a good game. But, of course, Haaland did much more than that. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I don't feel too bad about it. Um, even though, of course, now you think that putting the armband on anyone anyone else than Haaland was a bit stupid. <laughs> Three hat-tricks in a row, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but okay, you know, what I was more frustrated about in my case, I had Almiron uh, from Newcastle, but I had him on the bench. And of course, you know, in this week, he scores two goals, 15 points <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> so that was, that was annoying. So yeah. that, that, could have, that could have made my, my game week actually quite good. Um, but yeah, as I said, overall, most of my players, re- players returned. So I cannot really complain too much about that. It's just that not having Haaland as a captain kind of automatically meant yeah, you lost against the field in, yeah. in this game. I have a comment on this. Like I don't know how you okay. feel about it, but in FPL, it's just so weird that like when you have a player but don't choose him as your captain, you get yeah. penalized. Like I picked this guy, so I'm like, 
I know that this guy is good, but since just because like everyone else captained him, he's getting lots of scores and then like pushing my yeah. OR. Yeah, captaincies are just a tricky yeah. issue, especially in these kind of game weeks where you get left behind the field. It feels yeah. like it's a bad idea, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's also about the effect of ownership. Huh? We talked about it yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. I mean, it's something you can keep an eye on and you can follow it. Or in my case, I just felt good about going for KDB and I kind of ignored the, the effect of ownership. Mm-hmm. But all right, uh, let's look ahead. Um, and, and the first thing to discuss is maybe something that was quite hot on Twitter yesterday, which was about whether it's okay to copy teams from content creators. And I believe it started from an observation that the team of FPL Raptor has been copied by more than 20 people. Uh, And as he's having such a brilliant season so far, it now got noticed that there were more teams from different people uh, with, yeah, which just look the same and therefore also have the the same score. Mm -hmm. So from there, the discussion started. And personally, I think, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It, it is, uh, you know, it's also what we do here in our podcast. We we give advice. And of course, yeah, you cannot really complain then if people follow that. <laughs> uh, is it fun to just copy it 100%? I don't think it is. For me, it wouldn't be fun. You know, I, I have my own strategy. I make my own decisions. But yeah, if content creators share their tips and are even sharing their full teams, uh, yeah, I don't think you can blame other people to to listen to it. Um, so, you know, with that in mind, I think for me, it's more a question of whether it's smart for content creators to do it. And then I think it depends on your objective. If you want to win FPL, then of course it's not smart <laughs> because everybody can copy you. But, you know, it's not so easy to win FPL. And I think for, more, for, for most content creators, it's not so much about winning the game, but it's more about getting the followers and getting the engagement. And then, of course, yeah, it is smart, let's say, to share as much as possible because that's what many people are looking for. True. Um, so, yeah. So I th- personally, I think it went a little bit too far now because if, if you are on Twitter, you see so many people sharing their moves and, and sharing their full teams before deadline. Uh, so yeah, you make it too easy for too many people to do well uh, with, with a minimal effort. And I think it would be better for the game and also for the enjoyment for people like us if uh, you know content creators would either share their teams just partially or would wait with it until after the deadline. But again, I mean, for the people following them, I understand that they want to get as much concrete info as possible. So yeah, it's a bit of a difficult one to solve. Uh, what do you, what do you make of it, Sirtop? Yeah, I feel like I have talked on this topic in Twitter more than I should. I don't see any problems with people copying other people, other content creators or models, as long as they have yeah. only one team in the game. Mm. Well, it makes the game less fun for everyone as you have mentioned especially for themselves but also us too but Mm -hmm. there is nothing we can do to prevent it i mean you can also play with your friend together in a you know closed group chat or maybe like 10 people you can play together do the exact same moves we have seen this in the past because some people have almost the same or very similar play style so they kind of like enjoy playing together too 
And yeah. loss of aspects of FPL is unfair anyway. So this is being hmm. discussed with a tongue in cheek, but not everyone has time to watch like all the games, for example. No. So or at no. least some for some people there are no free or cheap ways to watch Premier League hmm. games. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, FPL is a marketing tool for the Premier League. And mm-hmm. where you want to spend your money to get more information, whether it be mm-hmm. test or prediction data or optimization or someone else's research, this is entirely up to you. There are lots of different ways to play. I mean, yeah. regarding like hiding the squad, I mean, if people are really looking for a way to make these things yeah. difficult to copy... I mean, content creators can show three different teams and yep. don't tell like which squad they will go with and then mm. yeah, say it at the deadline, maybe. But I mean, people are upset because Raptor is doing really good. If he wasn't yeah. doing well this season, we wouldn't be talking about it. But no. most of these things are about luck, getting lucky. So same discussion mm. will come up again. Yeah. If a model follower this time reaches the top rank, so... I mean, I might be biased here, but I don't see any, like, issues, I should say. FPL is different yeah. than exact games like chess, so the chance factor is huge. So, I don't yeah. know, like, people were following yeah, FPL mate last season because he was doing so well, but that's not the case this season, for example. Yeah, no, I agree. And I personally, I don't see so much linked to Raptor's case, even though that's what this particular discussion uh, started. But, you know, it could, as you said, it could have been someone else as well who, who was performing well. Uh, and I think for me, it was already an observation before that more and more full teams were being shared pre-deadline. And I personally think it's just better to wait with it. Uh, because also, you know, there's a lot of people complaining now that FPL is a bit more boring because everybody has a template team. But yeah, that's that's not so strange, right? Is it because <laughs> it's, it's so easy to just copy it? Anyway, enough on that. It keeps uh, life interesting. All the discussions on Twitter. Uh, but let's move to the game week ten questions, as that one is uh, coming up. The game week ten deadline. Uh, we still have a few days for that. Um, and yeah, if you don't mind, I'll start with a personal question mm-hmm. for my team and. For me, the main one is whether I should sell Martinelli or not. And I think more people are actually thinking about it. So that's also why I included it here. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, I had him since the start. So I have quite some value uh, locked in to him. The purchase price was $6 million originally. Currently, he's at 6.6, meaning that I can sell him for 6.3. But of course, if I want to buy him back later, then I'll have to pay more. Uh, but with the blank game week coming up in week 12, it could make sense for me to sell him, I think, for example, for Zaha or maybe even for Madison. Uh, I might have enough budget or money in the bank, let's say, to do that. Um, so, yeah, what would you advise people in this situation, Sir Top? Um, people who have Martinelli and are considering to sell him, especially with the blank game week coming up, do you think that's a smart thing to do or not? Yeah, I check your team with my solver because, in my opinion, this is very team dependent. If you have yeah. eleven play, if you will have eleven players uh, playing in game week twelve, then you can re- simply bench them and then keep yeah. moving because they have good fixtures after that game week. Um, That's but true. for your team, I mean, the solver says rolling is a better option, but you need to understand okay. that solver really likes 
uh, rolling the free transfer so that it can keep carrying two free transfers until an emergency happens. Okay. And if you want to sell him, though, I also forced Solver to sell him to show like which player is suggesting. It seems like Zaha is a step ahead of Madison. Okay. Um, so the difference between these two plans, by the way, like rolling versus you know selling Martinelli for Zaha, is yeah. very close. It is around zero point sixty five percent, which is okay. quite small. Um, so getting Zaha this game week will give you. Almost 1.5 more EV just for this game yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, but in future game weeks, like game week 14, you will have a lower expected value because. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I will suggest either rolling or buying Zaha, I think. Yeah. Well, and also in my case, and again, as you said, it's team dependent, but currently I have three City players and one Arsenal player. So in any case, okay. I will need to sell someone before game week 12 and the other option could be Cancelo I think because yeah even you mentioned him already as well I mean he's he's a he's a bonus magnet but at the same mm-hmm. time he's quite expensive and he's not I mean I was watching the game last weekend he's not as attacking it seems as he used to be at least look like it and I think more people commented on that so uh yeah, yeah. maybe that, that could be another option yeah, that was the reason why I sold him earlier in the season. I had I started right. to cancel. I sold him because he wasn't really. Uh, yeah. It didn't look like he will bring attacking returns, and of course, yeah. the game week I sold him, he got. I don't know. He like got to go. Yeah. So, yes, I remember that. Of course. And <laughs> I, <laughs> during wild card, then it didn't really make sense for me to buy Cancelo back. Like I could have gone with Trippier, which I bought for like a lower price too. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think I made a mistake there, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thanks for sharing your advice. And, and just as a disclaimer, as we just talked about copying what other people do, uh, I don't always follow what Surtab is saying. <laughs> like last week, I actually went for Justin anyway uh, to replace Digne, even though the model recommended, I think he recommended to get a Brighton defender. That's but, true. I went for Justin. So at least, yeah, 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 the clean sheet last week. So looking yeah, at the yeah. one game week, it was a good decision. <laughs> but let's see. All right, let's move to uh, the questions we received on Twitter. And I think, Sertan, maybe you want to start to cover again how the optimal team looks like. Mm-hmm. So I usually run the optimal team for eight game weeks, but since we will have a reset after the World Cup, so now I'm running it for seven and then we will keep reducing the horizon as we get closer. So okay. for seven game weeks, um, if you are using your wildcard now, which I don't think many people are doing, but the goalkeeper, no. optimal goalkeeper is Sanchez and Ward as your bench goalkeeper. Oh. And in defense, we okay. have James, Trippier, Zuma. And in midfield, we have Saka, Bailey, Zaha, Salah, Andreas. All right. And Forward, we have Holland and Kane this game week, but okay. in the bench we have Dunk, Mitrovic, yeah. and Aitnori. I, I All right. hope I'm <laughs> pronouncing yeah. it correctly. Yeah, Aitnori. Yeah, yeah, so, and as you see, all of these players are playing in certain game weeks. Uh, well, you don't see, but <laughs> I see. <laughs> so, right. only player who's always at the bench is. Ward uh, in the squad, right. but okay. yeah, it's interesting because it goes with the trimium now. This time, Salah, Holland, and Kane. Indeed, indeed, that is interesting. 
And it's interesting also that uh, the optimal changes every week. Ah, probably that's normal, but <laughs> it's the first time we see Sanchez in goal, I believe. We have seen many keep goalkeepers already in, in previous weeks, but I think it's the first time we have Sanchez now. Yeah, we usually see a premium goalkeeper yeah, too. Yeah. Right. All right. The premium looks good. Salah, Haaland, Kane. Yeah. All right. I'm actually and, on KDB, Haaland, Kane. So I'm also on premium. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, looking at last week, you know, you could say you should go for Foden, right? But yeah, again, yeah. that's just looking at one data point. But uh, again, something to consider. Yeah. All right. Well, talking about premium and talking about Salah, uh, there is this returning topic of whether Salah is still essential this season, uh, like he used to be. Or the question we got is from Boy BKK. How he put it is, is Salah currently worth his high price? Yeah, for the wildcard 10, no transfer, raw data optimals. And I compared seven different data sources, prediction data sources. So review has two models. Actually, yeah. I think review has three models now, but I, I check only two premium model and free model. All right. I also checked Kiwi, Mikael Tokwams, uh, Fantasy Football Hub, Fantasy Football Scout, and Fantasy Football Fix models. Wow. So... In out of these seven models or prediction yeah. date uh, models, uh, the only model which doesn't have Salah in the optimal wildcard team is free model of FBI review. All okay. the others have it, have him. And yeah. so, is he worth his price currently in FBL? Well, prediction model certainly seems to think so, but yeah. it's I don't know. So. Again, prediction models are also using his baseline and then trying to right. put his recent performance on top of it to make a prediction. If you yeah. feel like those predictions are a little bit exaggerated, you can adjust his expected value. So probably if people reduce his expected value even you know, a little bit, it, yeah. some of these models I'm sure will drop him from the optimal team. And right. you, because, I mean, he's expensive. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. Well, yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that because that was actually another question we had from Mike Mahoney, who says that, uh, yeah, regarding Salah's data, you know, if we think it's 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 wrong or if we think it's overestimated, how can we adjust it ourselves? And is reducing the expected minutes the best way to do it? So, yeah. what would you recommend in that case if people want to adjust the data themselves? I was thinking about this actually, great question. So reducing minutes, in my opinion, not the best way because when you reduce minutes, mm -hmm. the model really doesn't know what it means. Like, does it mean that Salah has a lower probability of playing, but if he plays, will he be playing 90 minutes? So it's, some of the meaning is getting lost. So in my opinion, the better way to do this is Checking the raw data, like what's the model is suggesting in terms of right. Salah's uh, projected points. And yeah. uh, for example, the good thing about FBI review is that's one of the reasons why I like using it. Uh, because it has the raw rates for goal scoring probability, assist right. probability and clean sheet probability at the team level. Yeah. Then you can check those and then adjust based on that. For example, Salah currently has... 39% of goal scoring probability uh, for this game week against Arsenal. 
So if you think that's too high, right? Suppose you you think like he if if you repeat this game week five times, like if Liverpool plays against you know Arsenal, Salah will yeah. score only in one of them. Yeah. Therefore, thinking that his goal scoring probability is twenty percent, let's say, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you can use expected value calculator to see you know how much difference it means. Like in right. in this case, I also answered this on Twitter, but it's around one point three points. So okay. reducing that much manually is a better option. But yeah. not all the solvers or the prediction models have this flexibility to adjust or you know edit pro- projected points. So okay. then again, your probably best option is either reducing minutes so that you can match the EV, or yeah. You can force him out directly, saying that I don't want Salah in my team. I just want a plan where I spread the fund to other players. So you can solve it that way too. So not the you know most straight answer, I'm guessing, but I think that's what I will do. Yeah, yeah no, I think it's a good answer. Yeah, um, I think it's good to know that what the different things you can adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for covering that. And I was thinking, because we, we got another question, which I think maybe was a little bit related, which was from Total Tactics FPL, which was also about like, if you have this kind of situation and you're not sure about the data, maybe, uh, he's asking if you also look at trends in beta, sorry, betting data to help you with those kind of decisions. So is that something you look at yourself? So in the previous episodes, you might remember we were looking at how the expected values were changing, like if it is going up or down, so that we were looking at the level of whether the prediction model is updating quickly or not. Right. But yeah. So what Fran is saying is a good idea, in my opinion. I have been checking, you know, how the data is moving, not the betting lines, mm-hmm. but I was checking how reviews or uh, fantasy football scouts data is changing every day like if it is going up or down because if it is going up constantly it means that the model was underestimating that player and still trying to adjust the rate so it's possible that the actual the true rate that we don't know maybe is higher but You, this is something probably people with betting experience might comment better because like when you see the trend on one direction, is it a mm-hmm. good indication or is it could it be an overreaction from the markets because like people mm-hmm. watch a Champions League game, they see, I don't mm-hmm. know, like Holland score a goal and then they start betting on him maybe. It's a little bit uh, yeah hard to balance in my opinion, but definitely a good, uh, well, a good okay. information. Yeah. All right, good one. Thanks. All right, and then the last question on Salah, and this one relates again to the blank game week, because yeah, that that can be an interesting one, because many people will have to decide who to captain, and you know they cannot go for uh, auto captain Haaland that week, so that will be interesting. We see uh, we'll see more uh, people with with different captains, and uh, so the question is for that blank, blank game week. Is Salah the best option or are there good alternatives that emerge from the data? Yeah, I think it was Let's Talk FPL Andy who was saying that I will captain Holland in game week 12 just in case that <laughs> he <laughs> right. comes and plays a game somehow. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so for game week 12, uh, looks like 
in all the models that I have mentioned before, yeah. uh, Salah is ahead of both uh, Trossard and Madison. Right. And I think he's the highest EV in general. Like, not only these three, but in general, he's yeah. the highest. Uh, okay. Because, I mean, they have a, you know, good fixture. I mean, it's not the best, but it's pretty good. And, mm-hmm. however, both Trossard and Madison is close in terms of expected value. So when I check which one is higher, every model has a different opinion on it. And then the okay. difference between players is also different. For yeah. example, in reviews, premium model, free model, Mikael Tokvam's model, and Scott model, Trossard is ahead of medicine. And right. in Kiwi's model, Fantasy Football Hub and Fantasy Football Fix things, medicine is ahead of Trossard. And okay. I also have an ensemble model, which... I just straight take average of all the prediction models. So yeah. since here it's almost a tie, right? Like there are four models favoring Trossard, three models favoring Medicine, but the magnitudes mm-hmm. are different. So if we take the average of all these seven models, yeah. uh, it has Medicine ahead of okay. Trossard around 0.2 points maybe. So it's very close. No, it's so, very close. Yeah, Salah is the best option, but if you are looking for a differential one, then medicine is better, looks like. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the game. So Liverpool is playing at home that game week against West Ham. And I think mm-hmm. West Ham, they are improving. So it might not yeah. be that easy. Yeah. Brighton is playing at home against Nottingham Forest. And Leicester is also playing at home against Leeds. So I think from a fixture perspective, Brighton might have the easiest game. Yeah, they, they have the easiest game, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Leicester, yeah, Madison is in great form. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll still have a few weeks to go until then. These games will be played midweek, 18th, 19th, and 20th of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, still a little bit of time. But we should, of course, consider it in our planning, especially uh, with our free transfers to make the right moves. Okay, well, still on auto-captaining Haaland, there was also a question from uh, Greg. Uh, what's his name? Sorry, Greg. Oh, here it is. Greg Andrews Burner. He was asking if there's any reason to not permanently captain Haaland. And I was thinking that at the start of the season, I was remembering that many people were still expecting that his minutes would get managed at City, right? That was a, a reason for some people to go without Haaland. But yeah, so far we've seen no sign of it. So yeah, I think <laughs> auto-captaining is something that many people will do. Uh, and yeah, how do you see it sort up? Any other options that are emerging for the next game weeks? Well, regarding Holland, I just don't understand. Like we were expecting his minutes to get managed. Like that was right. the main discussion topic at the yes. beginning of the season. And he yeah. played almost every game, like 90 right. minutes. So it's just... Well, annoying me a little bit too. <laughs> and he's <laughs> so good. I mean, I think if yeah. we knew he would play this many minutes, uh, yeah, we could have picked him as the captain for more games. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the ne- future game weeks, um, well, there are fixtures that seems to... There are some other captain alternatives that have better fixtures. For example, in game week 11, Kane has a better fixture compared to yeah. City. And right. But again, I mean, FPL is, depends lots of luck, in my opinion. 
Yeah. You can perma captain Holland and maybe he will get benched in a game week or not. Then or maybe he will get benched, play 30 minutes and he will still get a hat trick. So <laughs> Indeed. well if you want to perma cap any players, I mean there are no reasons not to do it in my opinion. Yeah, but in no, terms of and if data, you would ever do it, yeah. uh, probably this is the time to do it, right? I mean, the guy scored three hat tricks. Uh, it's, it's really exceptional. Yeah. Well, it will be really surprising if he gets another hat trick, but <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, out of possibility. Said, uh, that's what we said last week as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm afraid, Buzz. I don't want to claim anything big. Yeah. All right. Thanks for covering that. Um, so yeah, there was also an interesting question by FPL Spaghetti, which is a great name. Um, and he's asking if the model still favors to go with three attackers or whether it's better now to move budget to the midfield with many good options emerging. You know, we talked about Madison, we talked about Trossard and, you know, there are a few others. And yeah, when reading this question, I was thinking again, that it's quite funny how fast our thoughts can change. I mean, at the start, we were all convinced that big at the back was the right thing to do. Yeah. Then later, we started moving funds to the attacking line. And now it seems we should move it to the midfield. <laughs> so it changes every week. And uh, I think it also shows how important it is that, yeah, you need to have a plan and you need to have a strategy because, yeah, you just can't m- keep making all these changes every week, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but what do you make out of this in general? And what is the data telling us, uh, Sir Top, in terms of going for three forwards or not? Yeah, still Solver likes three forwards. Uh, it okay. usually has Mitrovic, Haaland, and then the third forward is based on your remaining players. If you still have the budget Kane, uh, as I mm-hmm. have mentioned about the wildcard 10 plan, if you don't have the funds, then it goes for Solanke. I mean, we talked about Solanke too. So, right. but it still yeah. favors three playing forwards. All right. And the main shift, as you have mentioned, uh, is defenders again. So okay. at the beginning of the season, big at the back was popular. You're right. And yeah. then models adjusted defender expected values. I think uh, yeah. reduced them a little bit. But then this game week, after this game week, it looks like some of the defenders' expected value got even lower. Now, Hmm. when I check the model, it moves funds from defender position to midfield. So, and it looks like there are lots of midfield options, as the question mentions, like De Bruyne, Madison, Bowen, Foden, Trossard, Zaha, Martinelli. So, if you are looking to find a better midfield probably defense is the first place you need to check Hmm. well at least that's what models are saying yeah that's a good point and that makes me think about selling Cancelo that might be the right thing to do (laughs) but I think I'll uh, (laughs) I'll wait at least one game week because this week let me just check it City is playing at home against Southampton so I think that will be still a week to keep him All right, let's also take a question for the more hardcore data and analytics fans. Uh, Don Pedro FPL is asking how you deal with price changes in your model. And yeah, I think we talked about this before already a bit, but it's a bit uh, a difficult one to fully understand. So why don't you just cover it again, Sir Top? (laughs) So yeah, my current approach is to penalize if you are losing team value by this magnitude. So... 
this was coming from fantasy football trots test uh it's right. ff underscore trot on twitter um he said for every one million you have in your bank you can increase mm. your expected value by 0.4 so mm. then if i have a team value that is uh, higher than you bus let's say it is one million higher then mm. i am supposed to get 0.4 ev in the long term per game week so okay. then if you are like losing losing team value it could be something like sell, selling Holland and then buying him back yeah. and if you will lose let's say 0.3 team value because your sell price is 11.8 but then your yeah. buyback price will be 12.1 then right. i multiply 0.4 with 0.3, right. the team value you lose. Right. And then you need to multiply this with how many game weeks you will see the yeah. effects of losing the team value. So this is usually uh, how many game weeks between your next wild card and the end of the season because it will mm. affect your entire season, right? So mm. then I use 22 because in game week yeah. 17, we will all have pre-transfers. So yeah. then in this case, it becomes... 2.64 for example so if right. you're comparing two lines where in the one where you keep holland and in the second one you sell him and buy him back for that yeah. second one um remember to subtract that 2.64 ev from the total because mm -hmm. i mean well solver doesn't really know that your team value has changed so that it will hurt you in the long run. Hmm. Because towards okay. the end of the season, for example, you won't be able to fit more premium yeah. players into your team. So yeah. that's a good okay. heuristic, in my opinion. That's a like intuitive way to do it, I think. Um, well, we haven't tested okay. this idea, you know, deeply, but that's what I am currently using. So Yeah, okay, no, it's good. Every time you explain it, I understand it a bit better. So thanks. Okay. <laughs> That's good to hear. All right. I think we're getting close to the end. Uh, but there was still a question uh, we wanted to cover from Andy Martin, known mm. as the FPL tactician on Twitter. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's been batting on the mid-priced midfielders for already a longer time this season. Yep. And he's asking now if, based on the data as it is now, uh, it would currently be better to spread the funds or to still invest in two or maybe even three premiums. So Solver likes having two premiums or maybe even right. three premiums like we have mentioned. Yeah. So yeah. And I understand the appeal of having or like spreading the fund to like 8 million midfielders because there are right. so many good options nowadays. Yeah. But the prediction data, well thinks that going with only one premium and in this case i only forced holland in and then kept right. him for the entire horizon yeah. uh, that team gets 385 uh, expected value in total until the world cup and two premium when when you have salah and holland okay gets 398 so you are losing okay. around 13 expected value points uh, yeah. by not going with two premium players so spreading right. is around 4.5 percent worse in objective score but yeah. 
Well, the reason why Andy is doing this is because he thinks Salah's uh, prediction values are high. So he doesn't right. think Salah will get that many points. So if right. you assume that Salah won't get, so or the prediction models are wrong about his expectations, right. then this difference will be, of course, smaller. How yeah. close it will be, I don't know. But yeah, no. Solver usually likes premium players. We know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for covering that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all for today. Or was there something else you wanted to cover? No, I think we covered everything. Okay, cool. So that wraps up episode number 20. And congrats, Surtop, with making it to this special number, number yeah, 20. Yeah, congrats, boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to our FPL Optimized podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe to it so you'll know when the next episode is out. Or you can follow us on Twitter. For Surtop, it's at Surtop Bilal. And for me, it's at Belfi BB. Good luck again this weekend. Surtop and I are hoping that we will get the captaincy pick right <laughs> this time. And we are wishing everyone green arrows, even when you just copy the team from FPL Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to mention that. All right. Thanks, everyone. And talk to you next time. Bye-bye.